What is going on, guys and gals? Referee Jake Clemens here, and you're listening to Wrestling Cheers, where everyone knows your name. Taking your way in the world today, takes everything you got. Taking a break from all your worries, sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. And welcome back to Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name, especially in the great state of Indiana. This is Wrestling Cheers. We like to talk about things going on Northeast Ohio, independent wrestling scene. We preview shows, we review shows, and sometimes we even have interviews along the way. This is a review show of AIW's I Assure You We're Open. I am your host, Justin Summers, and Wrestling Cheers is brought to you by the Trending Topics Network and Midwest Territory. Please rate, review, and subscribe your evidence to this fine podcast, whether it be Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Podbean, WrestlingCheers.Podbean.com. Find us on social media, Facebook.com slash WrestlingCheers, Twitter.com slash WrestlingCheers, and Instagram.com slash WrestlingCheers. Email if you so choose a desire, WrestlingCheers at gmail.com, and we have the merch store over at WhatAManeuver.net. Like I said, this is a review of AIW's I Assure You We're Open. And this week we have, we have Stacy. Hey man, how's it going? How's it going? How was uh, the drive out for you? Uh, the drive wasn't bad, man. It really, it really wasn't. Going out there, we left like here around four in the morning, picked up Ed along the way, and we got there by I think like 1030. It wasn't bad. I think I rolled out at six, got there... I think right around 11, it was a pretty much a straight shot. But all in all, a uh, really good drive. I, it had been a while since I've been on 70 in Indiana. And Jesus Christ, why is that whole thing under construction at 55 miles an hour? But no real construction zone going and nobody was going 55. Everybody was going way, way faster than that. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of construction areas with not a lot of construction happening. And I, I'm guessing it's because it was Labor Day weekend and... They probably don't want to pay overtime. True, true. And we have making his debut here on a preview review episode. You've heard him on the show before, but we have Brock. Guys, I'm so happy we got to go watch wrestling. You, uh, uh, we we talked about this yesterday, but or Sunday for listeners. Uh, you were afraid that I uh, might have been overhyping that uh, somebody new was coming on, and they might have been disappointed that it's you. Yeah, like you said that there was going to be, it was like somebody special or uh, some, I don't remember what it was, but you made me sound like I was important and now everybody's, you know, turning off because they just realize it's the fucking barbecue guy. <laughs> yeah, but we've all had your barbecue and it's great, so I think we would be excited to hear more from you on the show. Well, yeah, but do you want to eat my food or do you want to hear me talk? I'm not even sure if people want to hear me talk, but here we are. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I like listening to your show, and I enjoy eating your food. I appreciate you. <laughs> I I also enjoy your food. I appreciate you too. You know, <laughs> Stacy bought an entire gallon of that spicy barbecue sauce off me. Oh, fuck yeah, I did. <laughs> that shit's the best. I did. I'm down to like uh, I I have about a third of it left. I think I did not know, know. that that was an option because I might have bought it for my fiance's father because I think he really liked it too. 
Well, at Toy Hio, I had um, some stuff left over, and I, you know, I, I looked at my one buddy. I was like, you know, I could probably go over and say something to Stacy and get him to buy this barbecue sauce. He starts laughing. He goes, "Go ahead and try." It's like I mean, I I knew it was pretty much already a go because anytime we're at UXWA, like you know, I, I have an extra bottle, and like there's like two people that usually want one: Stacy and Kaplan. So I've I had a feeling if I had you know that full gallon that Stacy would buy it, and I was I was right. You were absolutely right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he even he gave me a smaller option, and I still went for the gallon. Yeah, I had a half gallon available too. <laughs> Dude, I had I had so much stuff at Toy High, it wasn't even funny. And then like I I didn't go through nearly nearly as much uh, of the sauces as what I thought I would. So yeah, like you you bought the gallon and then uh, Tom ended up buying that half gallon off me. Yeah, I uh man, I put that stuff on everything. Like the best part about it is it's so good that you can buy like bullshit chicken nuggets and throw them in the air fryer. And just dip them in that, and they're delicious. It's fucking great. It's hey, I'm, I'm gl- way I'm better on like likes good, it. It's way better on like good food, but it's so good it can make like shit food taste good. It's that makes me feel good. <laughs> <laughs> so the point of this is the next time you see Brock at a show, <laughs> buy his food and try to buy some of that sauce off of him, but not before I buy mine. <laughs> So I usually, you know, I have uh, I have some of the wrestlers telling me this, you know, set a plate off to the side for him. But I I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that anymore because I've been selling out every single time. How well did you do at uh, Toy Hio? Uh, we did we did very well. Um, the new sauces went over uh, really well. Um, I don't know if you, if you I'm not sure if you guys tried the the Carolina style sauce or the the new sweet sauce that we were using. Uh, Pam um, brought me over a little thing of the Carolina. Um, I mean, I, it, it went over really well. Um, there was more of the Carolina that sold than what I thought we would. Uh, so that was cool. I think the thing that kind of, uh, killed us was, you know, it was really the first, uh, kind of mass gathering coming out of the pandemic. So I think a lot of people were, um, maybe kind of staying away a little bit more cause you know, they're, there's a lot of people that told me that there wasn't as big of a turnout as what they would normally would have. Um, so, and I kind of, I kind of knew that going into it, but I still, you know, made, made a lot of food. And then, uh, I think one of the other things that may have kind of hurt me is, you know, past vendors, uh, selling out early and people could that come in later, not being used to there being food there. So I, we still did really well, but, um, not, not what we were, I guess like really projecting yeah man it was a, it was a weird show like i'm glad it happened because like it was like those dudes followed protocols strict and like no one got sick out of it that i've heard anything of and it's months ago at this point um but it was it was really like the fucking first thing that happened around here that like public could go to and it was i've i've been there i did the door two shows before that one uh and there were maybe half the people that would normally be there, you know, I would say yeah, that's kind of what I kept hearing. Yeah. But I get it. I mean, I didn't even go in the dealer. room. I just stayed uh, out at Tom's table. We there was a one point where, you know, I just kind of needed to walk around for a little bit because, you know, you get you get stuck in those, you know, standing there for so long. 
right. just like, man, I just, I just got to move. And, uh, you know, we were at a point that we were pretty slow and stuff had kind of died down for us. And so like I was able to just to kind of leave and not really have to worry about things too much. And there is a lot of really cool stuff. You know, I mean, if you're a collector, uh, the next toy Ohio show is going to be in February. I highly recommend you go if you're a collector. Uh, or even if you're not, and you just want to go see in you know a bunch of cool shit from your childhood and reminisce, like that's really cool too. But like, I mean, I I walked up to Tom, Tom Dunn's table, and you know he's got a bunch of like the old wrestling figures that I had whenever I was a kid, and I'm like, dude, like this shit looks like it's still brand new. Like none of mine looked like that. I was like, all the ass cheeks on the, my old WCW figures wore out. <laughs> <laughs> You know, he's, he's got some, you know, that, that are there, that, you know, look like they're still in great shape. I'm like, man, like I wish I would have taken better care of my stuff. Um, but the one, you know, my, my best friend was there helping me work and he, uh, has a whole bunch of, uh, well, he's got like the old Nintendo and super Nintendo and, uh, Sega Genesis. And so he ended up buying a couple of video games, uh, for this, I think the super Nintendo, uh, and he was pretty pumped about it. So like, you know, whenever he got his break from, from work and that's where he went. And the thing that I, I always say about toy Hio too, uh, what you could find at one show, you might not necessarily find at the next show and vice versa, because I know there was one particular alternate warrior figure I was looking for the first time I had went and not that many people had wrestling figures or even obviously not even simply just Hasbro's. But by the time the next time came around and I already had bought one, I seen a couple people with it and I seen a lot more people with wrestling figures. And then even to the next time after that, when I went, there was more people with them, but they were also selling out quicker than they were before or sell, just selling some of the bigger items quicker than they did uh, previously. You'll see all those types of changes where maybe something you were looking for last time is here this time. So I always recommend people to go check it out. There's so much, so much there and even with uh, the limited spacing and like everything being a little bit spread out, there was still plenty, plenty of stuff there and plenty of people too. I mean, granted, like it, with it being half, I, I can kind of get it because how crowded it could be before, but it was still kind of cool to be a part of it all. Yeah, man. Well, and that's the thing about, you know, like vintage toys and, and collectibles and shit is it's not like the dealers can just place an order like, ah, yeah, I need eight vintage Ultimate Warriors. Uh, for the next thing I'm doing. So it's like the shit kind of goes in, in waves where like all of a sudden at a show, you'll see that people have tons of something that's been hard to find and then it becomes rare again and then they get back out there. It's it's weird how that shit works. But I think with some of it, there's there's things that one person will have a, at the show and then maybe the next show there's a couple people and then the show after that, like all those people don't have it, but like a couple more other people have it. So it's like there's certain common things, but you legitimately never know what you're going to find there. There's been enough times that I go in there. Well, I only want this. And then I walk in there and I see a fucking talk boy tape recorder. And I'm like, Oh shit. I haven't seen one of these in a long time. And I used to love that growing up. Oh shit. You know what? Fuck it. I'm going to buy the turbo man doll. Fuck it. I'm going to just do it. Well, and see, that's what gets people hooked on that shit is because it is different each time. And then there are people who get hooked on like the hunt part of it where like, they're looking for a certain figure and then people get down to like, okay, well I have all this, but I want to get certain condition stuff. Like, Oh, mine's a little beat up and I want one that's mint. And mm -hmm. That's a different podcast than this though. This is about wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is about wrestling. And I, I had no idea. I've heard. I, I thought this was called collectibles. Cheers. <laughs> yeah. 
I would say people could turn to certain episodes as super fantastic, but like you haven't done one of those episodes in a while. No, I don't know when the next one will be either. Those are kind of a rarity. It's a different show these days. But let's get into this show. Uh, we talked a little bit about our drive there, and when all oh, we did talk really Brock about your drive in, a little bit, little bit, uh, a little bit different from us. It was really boring, and uh, it was really dark. We left. We left my house at two o'clock in the morning, and uh, we got out there around like seven thirty-eight, and uh, set up and uh, had a little tailgate. Had a few people stop by and grab some food, but wasn't anything you know too wild. Yeah, I was. I got forget. I think I like I said I got there about eleven or maybe about ten thirty. Got to like hang out with everybody very quickly, and then I was like, "Fuck it!" Like let's. I'll go wait in line, and by being by that time, there was uh, there were already technically doors were open, quote unquote. Yeah, I don't know why we left so early, um, but man, like I was tired because you know, we stayed for GCW too, which was a, a shitty show. God, n- I'm never watching GCW again. That was terrible. Oh, but, really? I did. I don't uh, even know anything about what happened on that show. I was in well, a- I mean, it was just not good at all. Uh, I mean, the like the first match that was Jordan Oliver and uh, somebody else I can't think of now, uh, Ben Carter, and dude, they just went forever. It was such a long match and nothing happened. And the only spot that was like any good uh, has already been gift and sent out a million times. It's just the, gym, the gymnastics spot. Um, okay, maybe there was a couple spots. I just uh, there, that's I just, the only I, th- I was saying that because that's the only thing I've seen from that match is him doing like handspring shit across the ring. Uh, ben Carter did a he he gave Jordan Oliver a hurricane run into the outside off the top rope, and that's like the one thing that got a pop from the from anybody in the crowd. It, but it was like twenty minutes of just nothing. Uh. <laughs> and then I don't know, like the best part of. The GCW show was hanging out with all the AIW guys talking to them. So yeah, yeah, I haven't watched one one minute of that show. I don't know when I will. Yeah, I, I don't. I wouldn't waste your time. I kind of wanted to see Joey and Effie. That was it was okay. Yeah, and, and like you know, I, those are two guys I like. It was okay. Like I know I want to eventually check it out for certain matches, but. Right now, it's down at the top of my list, and half the re- only reason I would really be buying it is the fact that if you get the combo deal for both shows, it's just six bucks more. But I would, yeah, I, th- I think for me for that GCW show, the most entertaining match was Alley Cat and Ethan Page, and you know that was I don't know that that was the best one for me. Yeah, that's one reason I I wanted to check it out. I know I knew Ali was going to be on the show. I had a conversation with her and she just said like she was to do something unannounced and she didn't tell me what. So I was like, all right, I'll have to, I'll have to check it out. So that sounds like it would be, it would be fun between those two. Yeah, it, it, it definitely was. And then you had a little cameo from, uh, from Joey Janela afterwards. All right. On to the, uh, the IW show. The thing that I, I liked about this kind of was the fact that we had assigned seating. I have, we haven't had assigned seating my whole time coming to AIW. So this was a little different, but the fact of like, I felt like I didn't have to like rush to wait in line and all this kind of shit. I knew like I already, I bought my ticket where I'm sitting is where I'm sitting. Um, one of my biggest regrets is I like that. I got put beside somebody I knew. Oh, same thing. Same thing. And the people beside which 
for those who don't know, I was actually beside Brock. But on the other side of me was actually, I think, a group from Indiana. Because at some point, like towards the end of the show, I think right around the main event, I heard someone say, fuck Ohio. And I'm just like, fuck you. Like <laughs> That works in all these other Indiana shows, but like we're a company from Ohio. Fuck you. Wrong, wrong show, dipshit. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, the... I like, yeah, we got set up behind uh, Mike Trombetta. It was good. It was real good. And it looked like they put like uh, Michelle right beside each other, too. That's the benefits of people seeing your names and knowing who you are, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I th- I liked the, you know, like the, the park that we were in. I thought it was a real nice setup. Um, I mean, it was a real nice day up until it started, you know, raining for a little bit, but mm. even, even the rain wasn't that bad. Like it was like a minor sprinkles and. I was kind of worried we would get to a point where the rain was just pouring down and we'd like all scatter, but well, dude, I'm sure we'll talk about it when we talk about the one match, but there's a match that suffered because of the rain and it wasn't because it made it more difficult for them to wrestle, but it's because everybody checked out and was looking at their phones at a weather radar map. Yeah. I watched it happen. I did it. <laughs> and I looked to my left and my right and everybody was fucking doing it. At least down on the low. I don't know if everybody on the hill was, but I'm assuming by, you know, everybody. I didn't have to look at the weather app because Justin was looking at his <laughs> yeah. show, show, showing me you know, the storm that was probably going to be coming through. Yeah. Green blob just looked like yep. a giant green blob <laughs> was going to dump on us. And it did. You know, that's the thing. So there have been what there's been three Russell Ragers at class and we had sprinkles one time before the show started. Yes. So it's like, it's due. Right. And that's what was in my head was like, fuck we're due. And then there was a point where I was like, well, maybe they'll make it through intermission. At least we got through intermission. And then the whole thing went off and it was, man, I was so happy because I thought for sure we were fucked. I thought it was going to rain real hard and then it was going to be impossible to get the ring right to finish the show. I was keeping faith. (laughs) I was thinking we were due. And then I also thought like, oh, it's been six months since a show. Like, fuck. Like, this is what happens. Like, we've waited this long for a show and then it get, we get rained on. But even what I was looking at of the green blob on the map, I, I mean, I don't I don't know shit about weather, but I figure like that's not at, that's not severe. So we might be good. And like, yeah, it, well, it turned out to be fine, man. It turned out to be like just some sprinkles. Yeah. Didn't even really get wet. It cooled it down just enough to you know make it like not not it was not that it was hot but that little bit of rain just cooled it down enough. Mm-hmm. It kept it from ever getting like hot hot mm-hmm. outside. Yeah, because that's something I was even thinking about like wearing a tank top, but I was like, ah, eh, I don't, I don't want it to, like to get fucking burnt and everything because I wasn't bringing sunscreen. So I was like, ah, I'll just wear a t-shirt and everything, and also just in case if maybe if it rains or something. But that yeah, turned out fucking fine. Like, even, like, the sprinkles were were not even that bad. Like, when it first started sprinkling, there was, like, a couple drops just here and there. And then even, like, the sprinkling it got up to was not that much worse than what we had already had. So, man, it didn't even really rain enough to make the grass wet. Yeah. Like, it was it was fine. That place is really cool. That little amphitheater spot is really fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. I've, you know, seen it on TV for GCW of what it looked like and then actually being there. Like I was the only thing I'm not a huge fan of is like the quote entryway being that that stairway. I mean, I understand it has to be, but like it's not as as cool. 
But other than that, which is to me is minor, was still a, gr- a great show. And you even have fucking Hornswoggle, and we'll get to it with his match where he's he's bitching about having to run down those steps. It's fucking that was fucking hilarious, dude. I get it for him. That sucks. <laughs> like, that's long. <laughs> that's like a WrestleMania entrance for him. And, and then what? Like once he got to the ring, he was like ninety-seven steps to come down here, but nothing to get into the ring. <laughs> I didn't hear him say that. That's great. <laughs> he said it to fucking Steve because he was trying to get it in the ring. And he ended up having to grab like a chair in front row that nobody was sitting at at that point. And he like grabbed it and like used it to get in the ring. It was fucking great. Yeah. <laughs> ah. Like before we get into everything, like all in all, I really enjoyed the show. I think the weather was about as great as you could expect for that show. I even kind of said to myself, if we would ever have that kind of weather for a Razzle Rager, it'd be perfect. But I think even that time that you mentioned where it rained, it was still maybe a little humid, but there didn't feel like there was as much humidity or at all. At oh, the- no, man. Last year's Russell Rager was perfect. Last year's Russell Rager, the weather was fucking beautiful. It wasn't even hot out. It was like 75 degrees. Yeah, uh, Russell Rager 3 is the one that we got the little bit of rain for on the way up. Right. And then it was super humid. Yeah, it was real bad, and I know that I did a terrible job at staying de- at staying hydrated because I was just pounding beers that day. Yeah, yeah, that that day was rough. Yeah, like I I had a headache on the drive home because like I was so dehydrated. But other than that, like even the show from beginning to end was like a, almost a perfect runtime. I didn't feel like it was too long. I didn't feel like it was too short. Even like the first half was a good hour. And I don't know when we've ever gotten through the first half of an AIW show in an hour ever. Yeah. And it didn't feel like it had been only an hour, you know, like when I looked and saw that it had only been an hour, I was kind of surprised. I went by really quick. Let's uh, get into the show. And we actually started off with an unannounced pre-show match, bulking season, Arthur MacArthur and Chuck Stone versus TKD and Nolan Edwards. I like the idea and I hope we get to see more of it of TKD and Nolan Edwards as a tag team. I really hope so too. Um, like on the drive home, like we were kind of talking about it and um, like, you know, I told Jeff, I was like, you know, I, I don't know too much about Nolan Edward, but you know, they had a lot of tag team moves they were doing together that looked really good. And it looked like they had teamed together before, which I don't, I mean, to my knowledge, they haven't, but I thought that they looked really good as a team. And, you know, TKD, as much as we all love him, one of the things that he suffers from is his promo abilities. If uh, you were at the UXWA show, uh, whenever he had to cut a promo after the match, it was not all that great. Love you, Tom. Um, But if Nolan is maybe a better talker and then having someone, you know, having somebody that can talk with TKD, I think is going to help him so much more, too. Man, I got to call uh, Nolan versus Dom at uxwa i really like nolan he's really good um he's been on a couple of things that have been streams uh during all the weird covid time too he's good man he's really fucking good um as far as tkd's promo abilities go like he's he's trying man he's uh he's he's, i know he's trying i don't think they were bad i think maybe nolan could uh help him get a little bit better potentially I think he also suffers from, I don't, like, 
I felt like he hasn't had like a place in AIW yet, which a lot of students have that issue where they're they're trying to get their footing, they're trying to make a name for themselves, and they'll, I mean they'll get their chances at student shows when those were a thing and stuff like that, but long term, either it feels like there's nothing. But for some reason, when I seen these two together, even like unannounced, I was like, "Ooh, something about this just works for me." And it didn't nece- it. it didn't necessarily feel like two dudes just put together. That felt like there could be something there. No, yeah, it felt like a real tag team. This is good. Any other other thoughts on this match? I mean, this was our first official match back. It was kind of maybe upsetting because we didn't have like a moment where we were like all getting excited. But I think the moment we're really waiting for is the first AIW show at the Odeon and we're allowed to be at capacity. Like that'll be the first real AIW show. I, I, I feel like with this whole show, the crowd just like, you know, it was like we didn't know what to do or how to get into it anymore. I always feel like it feels really different whenever we're, you know, not at home too. like even like going to Akron. I feel like the crowd in Akron is always different than what it is at like an Odeon show. So I wasn't really sure what to expect with the crowd here. Well, yeah. And I think the crowd, I think even with it being a lot of like the regulars that I see at AIW shows, I think there was definitely like a getting your feet back under you as like, oh shit, I'm watching a wrestling show. For me, it was, there was like a, and I mean, I had went a couple weeks ago and seen live wrestling, but for a lot of people, that was the first live wrestling you've seen in months and months. So there was like a, like maybe a not normal crowd reaction because I'll, to be honest, as far as like bulking season goes, they've improved as a tag team, like not just individual wrestlers, but like really they've been working together as a tag team now for long enough that I've watched them become much better at being a, a legitimate tag team. Uh, and I thought it showed in that match. And it just kind of like, it wasn't a reflection on the match, not being good that the crowd wasn't like really crazy into it. I think, you know, it was more of just like, Oh man, I'm actually getting to watch wrestling happen. And then like kind of trying to remember like what being at a show felt like, cause it did, that show did feel different. Like it didn't, it felt good, but it didn't feel like, uh, I don't know that it, it was weirder to it have was at home. Yeah. When I think the, the distance between people and like, it wasn't, I think because it wasn't loud, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. you're outside. So like all the sound just kind of goes. Yeah. And we weren't like as full as something as a Russell Rager. Like if, if Russell Rager had like as much room as we had at this show, like it would, it would have a lot different feel to it just because with that show, we've been able to go nuts. And I mean, granted, and those were like, we we're standing, but like there, there was also the guardrail and we're just kind of like packed in there. And it was, you know, definitely a party atmosphere in this. There was kind of like, it's kind of like you said, like getting our feedback under us and getting used to everything going on. There's also like with the sound and where it was going, but there was also just this, I, to me, it was like, we're not home and like, not everybody's here. Like we're still missing people. Well, there's, I mean, like, so there were 200 plus people there, but it didn't feel like it um, because you're in a place that is meant you know original under normal circumstances to probably you could probably have like 700 people in there on all those levels so yeah it's different but i'm not complaining i don't want to be around <laughs> 500 people right now in a confined little space no offense to all 500 people but these are weird times 
I mean, would I have preferred a two hour round trip to get to my show? Of course, but you know, got to do the 10 hour round trip. That that's per- perfectly. You got to do what you got to do. Dude. I would have driven further. I would have driven much, much farther. Yeah, that show could have been the only go ahead. I was just going to say that show could have been anywhere and I would have drove and been fine. Yeah. AIW is the only company I, I would be driving for. I mean, I'll yeah, de- 100%. I'll definitely travel for other companies, but going like driving that far away, it, it also, for me, it was on a perfect day. Like imagine like we're recording this on a Monday. Imagine if that show was today, that fucking suck. Yeah. I'm starting a new job tomorrow. I probably wouldn't have been able to go. Yeah. I was kind of worried that it was going to be on Labor Day. When that like it was like oh we're gonna do a Labor Day show I'm like shit it's gonna be on Monday fuck I'm not gonna be able to do it then it was announced on Sunday and I was like oh shit okay I can I can do Sunday going back to the match it was bulking season picking up the victory VF pinfall all right let's uh let's move to the next match um, since I did last week I'm just gonna, I'm gonna do it this week would you like some making buck bells did he just say making fuck? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. We won't get into the, the clerk's uh, conversation this week. It was last week and all over Twitter, and we kind of had a conversation about it before we started recording, but we will just move on. Uh, now getting into the actual card, we started off with the Young Studs. I blanked on their name for a second, but the Young Studs versus 40 Acres Eric Ryan and Bobby Beverly versus PB Smooth and AJ Gray and being accompanied by a debut of Jocelyn Navarro, which is really interesting. I'm curious to see where we go from here. I like that we started off with with this type of match with these two fucking teams, and I definitely liked it. Any uh, thoughts on the match? I really liked it. I really thought it was the perfect two teams to start the first AIW show back. It was really good. I say it every time, but again, Bobby Beverly is an underrated wrestler. I agree with that. Uh, I, I think starting the show off with uh, Love in an Elevator was probably the best thing you could you could have done to make it feel like an AIW show. Yep. Um, I, for a really long time, I thought that like Trey and AJ was going to be, you know, if you put the members of 40 Acres, you know, together for just a tag team. Like I always thought that it was going to be AJ and Trey as, as the team that I would want. But uh, PB, I think really proved me wrong. And I really like PB and AJ as that tag team. I think right now. Yeah. And having, and having Jocelyn there, uh, I think it's going to be a really good addition to the, to the, to the whole faction. PB and AJ is a scary tag team. I like it. Right. I like the the addition of Jocelyn because I feel like there is some things that they can do with that, especially something that happened a little bit later in the show. And there's a lot of good chemistry within like that team and the other team that I'm going to mention. And it just adds like a little bit of uh, depth. We, we talk about how all these women wrestlers are getting signed up and like, that's great for them, but that has really hurt an AIW women's division. And I'm not saying that the women's division is coming back. But looking at it like if we can find some reliable local talent, then we could at least have more women's matches in AIW and Jocelyn being one of them. Yeah, I'm definitely interested to see where it goes. It was uh, AJ Gray getting the pinfall over Bobby Beverly and that top rope, top rope leg drop, man. Things amazing. It's best in the biz. I think Bobby has really hurt uh, his career with like certain moments or just things that have happened 
Where it's like he just had like really bad bumps in the road. I should say that's the better way to put it, because like he he's had a lot of great moments, but like the reason why he isn't other places is is beyond me. I don't know, man. He shines at Paradigm. Uh, like I encourage people to watch the stuff he's done there. Like watch more of Bev's recent stuff. Watch Bev and Zach Thomas at UXWA, dude. There's Bev's a really good wrestler. I don't, I don't care about whatever he did, whenever, whatever. The, the, I'm talking about Bobby Beverly right now is a fucking really good wrestler. It seems like Paradigm is one of the further away companies that has used him. And I mean, I'd like to see him in more places. I mean, the dude's been working for a long time. And, you know, even at one point he was on television. There was at one point that fucking the comedian Jay Moore was watching pro wrestling Ohio and was like tweeting about his fucking match. Granted, he was, he was somewhat shitting on it, but people like were talking about it and a comedian was talking about it. Like this match was really good. It it was, mm-hmm. again, I think it was the perfect way to, to get people back into an AIW show. Great first match choice. I really fucking dug it. One thing about the, the beginning of the show that it, it kind of sucked where we were at is the fact of like we had no guardrails so we couldn't like pound on those and you couldn't really make noise by stomping on the ground because it was grass it's a different environment yeah for sure like it was a really unique show like that's what 2020 has been it seems is the year where wrestling happens in weird fucking places that if if somebody would have told you like two years ago like hey man there's this wrestling show in the park you would have been like, yeah, that's probably not a show I want to go to. Hey, there's just going to be wrestling on the boardwalk. Oh, oh, yeah. Cool. Hey, we're going to have a show in the middle of the fucking desert where nobody actually lives. <laughs> it's the year of weird shows. I dig it. But like it means that certain things you're used to just aren't part. The environment changes the way the show feels. And yeah, it wasn't loud and you couldn't like make noise. It was very hard to make noise. Basically, you had clapping and yelling. That's. And Ryan from Wakeman. <laughs> oh, God. Dude was drinking Jaeger. Just out of a plastic bottle. He had it with him the whole day. He snuck into the GCW show later on. And I think, he, I don't I don't think he got kicked out. Um, but I think he said that they were going to kick him out. And they t- like people were telling him to shut the fuck up a lot. I bet they were. Yeah, GCW does not like Ryan from, from Wakeman. I don't think many people do. Yeah. I mean, we don't have to get much in on him, but I know one of the things that I noticed that was the one point where he literally like during the, the tag title match where he like takes off his max and tries to get a high five from Philly or not, Bobby <laughs> my Marino. And even Marino like, he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't remember what match it was during, but there was a point where I thought filthy Tom Lawler was going to kill him. Yeah. He he was wasn't he standing over by like uh, where they had the like the music and shit set up and started walking over to see what yeah. was going on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, he made it feel a little bit more like home. It certainly <laughs> felt like an AIW show with Ryan from Wakeman <laughs> yelling about cutting cocks off. Doesn't matter if the person even has a cock. Just yell about cutting it off. That's. <laughs> oh God! All right, let's uh, let's let's move on to the next match. 37. My girlfriend sucked 37 dicks. In a row? Next up, we had Calvin Tankman versus Dominic Garini. And is it weird that technically Dom had the home field advantage, but physically 
Calvin Takeman had the home field advantage? I think it negates each other. Yeah. That's how that works. Yeah. Uh, I love Calvin Takeman in AIW. I think he's building himself to have a really good rest of this year and next year. Like, like more people are going to be talking about him in the future. And I'm, I'm ecstatic that he, we can now say that like he's an AIW guy. Cause I mean, he's had a handful of fucking matches and I think as a whole, we can admit we love him. Right. Oh dude. Tank man's the best. Yeah. I, I mean, all of his AIW matches I've enjoyed, um, all the stuff that I've seen him do in UXWA I've enjoyed. We even told him yesterday that uh, we're, you know, we hope we still get that match with like him and Tuan teaming up against Kaplan and Brian Carson. But um, I love Calvin Tankman, but I love Dom Greeny too. And watching like Dom's progression from, you know, when he started to now and, you know, him being just another one of those guys that, you know, has that one of those MLW contracts. Like Dom has grown so much. And I think even through this pandemic, I think he's gotten a lot better than what he was from before. Well, this was the first AIW show. And then, like, because he's wrestled with the gear already. I, it wasn't a big shock to a lot of people, but this was this was boots and kick pads, Dom. Mm-hmm. This is no uh, no bare feet, Dom anymore. And uh, new mask entrant, Don. Yeah, man, that mask rules. I do think, which I'm not a hundred percent sure because it's been so long since we had a show, but this was like the first of a handful of wrestlers who changed their theme, and I'm like, oh great, I got to fix this later. Dom changes his a lot though. He like, does. Yeah. Like he'll, he'll come out to his, you know, his normal one here for a while. And then, you know, like in Akron, he came out to the cranberries, you know, his, him and Koo's song. So I mean, he kind of just always changes it up every once in a while. Yeah. When he came out to the cranberries, he was getting my hopes up that we could potentially see Kevin Koo in AIW. Yeah. I was waiting for Koo to walk out right behind him. No such luck. <laughs> Not yet. This match was really good. This is going to be a show where I say this match was really good a lot. I, I think that, I mean, if you if you look at the card, it was your typical AIW show. So, like, every match on, the, on it is good, even if it's a match you didn't know you wanted to see. But, you know, this one was, a, you know, a lot of chops. A whole lot. Mm-hmm. A lot of chops and a lot of forearms and a lot of two guys just beating the fuck out of each other. And it was fun to watch. I mean, as a whole, I don't think there was a bad match on this entire card. Like, if you would ask me, like, which was the, what was the weakest match, it would literally take me a while to figure it out because there was stuff that I loved about every single match. Like, I know which yeah. one's which one's my favorite and which one to me was the match of the night, but that I feel like it doesn't take away from a lot of the other matches. And if you guys were to disagree with me and mention two other separate matches, I would be like, yeah, I can see that. Like, that was really good too. And I think this match, this match is no different. Um, I'll tell you what, man, what this match made me want is to get to see this get ran back again under more normal circumstances. Agree. Yeah. I was kind of, ex- uh, I was kind of expecting a run in from, from Tuan, like, you know, just kind of going off of, you know, where we left off in February. If, you know, we we're going to keep storylines and stuff going. Uh, I was expecting Tuan to do a run in at the end of the match, but you know, we didn't get that. I'm not upset that we didn't get that. I was just, you know, I like to be proven wrong sometimes. Yeah, I was proven wrong on this show for sure. Dom got the victory via submission. Beautiful armbar. Yeah. yeah. The transition into it was really cool. I liked it. Yeah, me too. <clears throat> All right, let's move on to the next match. Hey, then you 
balls down there? About the biggest pair you ever seen, Diggleberry. Next up, we had Zach Thomas versus Derek Dillinger debuting a new name in AIW and with Ziggy Heim. And that kind of goes with what I was saying earlier with adding Jocelyn, because it, I don't know where we're going with the production as a whole, but why can't we get uh 40 acres versus the production again, but with the, the added bonus of Jocelyn and Ziggy there, I mean, there's a lot, I think all of them could do and where, I mean, if, as a whole, like where we're going with the production, I have no clue, but I do like that Derek is changing his name to Derek Dillinger. Hopefully uh, he changes his Twitter handle to that. So I don't accidentally say Derek director or Derek direction again. Was it the director Derek Dillinger? Yes. That's what I thought. So for me, I was, uh, I was really excited for this match going into it after those promos that both those guys released, uh, you know, the week leading up to the show. Um, I thought that this was going to be the sleeper and I thought that it was really going to give, you know, Derek a chance to show what he can do without, you know, the rest of the guys from the production that he's had in the past without any, you know, without Eddie only being there, um, no Dan Housen. I was expecting this to be a chance for Derek to just really shine. And while everything that he did looked great, um, it was really a chance for Ziggy to shine. And I think that Derek has the ability to make everybody else around him even better. And I think that that's what he's doing with Ziggy now too. And I'm almost afraid that he's going to let, you know, Ziggy kind of outshine him and, maybe not get to the heights that I think Derek is capable of getting to, but I thought all around it was a really good match and I loved the way that Ziggy was implemented in it. I just wish that Derek would have shined a little bit more. Oh dude, that spot with Ziggy was great. Uh, her, which one, the one he threw her to the outside. Okay. Amazing. Uh, yeah. Might've been the coolest thing that happened on the whole show as far as like, a a big weird like a big spot like that was maybe it was my favorite of the whole show um i thought that was really cool i think she in the small sample size that we've got so far has really shined in, in this role with derek and with the production i think it's really good i think it's a really good fit for her um it's, it's really cool um i derek i thought i thought this match was everything i hoped it was going to be I was of the same opinion view where I thought this could be the sleeper of the show. And I, I kind of think it was, um, I really dug it. I dug that. He pulled that Danny Doring move and then (laughs) fucking schooled a heckler on it. Like seconds later, it was so good. Danny Doring rules. So yeah, man, I thought, I thought this match was real good. And I, I would like to see Derek do more singles matches. He's pretty good at being a singles wrestler. I think the one thing that I liked about the production at one point is you could get tag team and you could get singles out of all of them. If I were to compare them to any team in wrestling, it was something similar you could have seen with like the New Day where they could be in singles competition, but they can also fit really well depending on which tag team you use. And yeah, I I agree. Like Derek hasn't really got enough time to shine. Maybe one of the issues with the production is you've had two really big breakout stars in it. And as as great as Derek is, he's had to be around that at the same time. And 
I think, like I said, as a whole, I don't know where we're going with the production, but if we, we kind of like start at square one with at least these two, I, I like how it looks. I like that. it even if you would look at it like, oh, production's gone on for this long. Why don't we just end it? Well, every time they start a new, it has a different vibe and this has a different vibe too. And I think the thing that I got out of this was this really showcased the new character of Ziggy in AIW. And I'm curious to see where we go from here and what we build on, you know, uh, at the next show and then whatever, whatever happens after that. Yeah, man, everything so far with whatever Derek's doing, whatever's being done with the production right now, it's all good so far. So I'm, I'm on board. I'm excited to see whatever happens next. I'm on board too. Cause I, I, I love Derek and I think that, I think that he's going to get even, you know, even better. And I think that Ziggy's the perfect person to put with him. It was uh Derek Dillinger who got the win over Zach via pinfall. Big win for Derek. Let's move on to the next one. I'm not even supposed to be here today. This match, I'm really excited to talk about. The Karate Man versus Filthy Tom Lawler. I don't know about you guys, but like I said, this is my match of the show, and it fucking stole the show for me. Your match of the year? This is your match of the year? Is that what? Match of the show. <laughs> It might be it might be my match of the year. Look, we're not gonna have there's not gonna be a lot of options. There's not a lot of contenders <laughs> right now. And so far, this one's at the top. Tip tip top. Match of the year. Before this show and the next show got announced, I was like, we're not doing a year end review because we're just we're gonna review two fucking shows and be like, all right, which which was your favorite match out of these two shows? Now now it actually makes a little bit more sense. But Jesus, this match was fucking fantastic. Stacy, did you did you mark out for Ethan Page's entrance? Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> you know, the only thing that sucks is that dude Akira has been using uh, Fight to Survive uh, on No Holds Barred. Um, so I had just seen someone finally use that as music. And I've said forever that somebody should use the fucking Bloodsport music as their fucking entrance. But... With Akira, it's not like the the whole gimmicks. That. I mean, he's basically he's like a hybrid karate man is like a hybrid of Jean-Claude Van Damme and like a couple of other things uh, put together. Like, it's so good. Karate man's the fucking best. The entrance is real good. <laughs> Everything about it's good. It's just fucking so good. Everything that Ed said on the last show about like, I want to see Ethan Page. I don't want to see the karate man. Fuck no. You want to see the karate man. So I was kind of like on the same you know wavelength as, as Ed going into it. Like I wasn't, you know, super excited about the karate man. I like Ethan page and it's been a long time since we've had Ethan page in AIW. So like I was kind of in agreement with what Ed said on the podcast last week. And then that promo that he did got released and I'm still kind of like, all right, like this is going to be, I'm I'm going into this expecting a lot of comedy and not that it wasn't like a, a comedic match, but first off, uh, Ethan page is jacked as fuck. Sure. Dude is. looks, dude looks awesome. Um, but like I was, I was expecting, I don't know, I guess more comedy, uh, from the karate man. And I love how, you know, I guess as serious as you can take it. I love how serious Ethan page took it. And, um, a lot of those counters and stuff whenever he was, you know, jumping at the, um, to miss Tom Lawler's kicks, like he's really fast too. 
And that I mean that match was awesome. It's probably my match of the night as well. Like you go if you go back and watch the first spring break uh during the this the big long fucking scramble on spring break, Ethan Page does like a street fighter spot where he did a couple of those things. So I like I knew that he could do like little shit like that, but I had no idea that he was going to be able to choreograph. Like there was that whole fucking kick sequence with Tom where Tom does the low sweep. It's yeah. been gift. Dude, that's insane. That's amazing. Yeah. And like, it was a, it was a comedy match, like complete comedy match that was not like, it was two dudes who can fucking really wrestle doing a comedy match. And like, it's the thing where like, there's it's always these long tired debates about like, Ooh, real wrestling, comedy wrestling. Like, man, it's just wrestling. Like, wrestling's wrestling. If people are funny, let them be funny. Because both of these dudes are funny, and this match fucking paid off. Like, Ethan Page's whole Karate Man thing, super fucking cool. But don't let that uh, downplay <laughs> the shit Tom Lawler did for this match, too. With the fucking USA pants and those fucking eagle trunks. Coming out to Team America. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, as soon as we, we got Ethan Page coming out to fight to survive, and then Filthy Tom comes back with Team America, which part of me was like, oh, it sucks we're not getting his, his usual, but this is like the classic Filthy Tom of, I'm going to pick some sort of music that goes with or against my opponent. So th- we're, we're basically getting unintentionally Team Canada versus Team USA, uh, Maybe this is supposed to be like blood sport, but I don't know. It just as soon as like Filthy Tom comes out, I'm like, all right, this is this just got even better. This is going to be amazing. And like you had mentioned, uh, his tights and the pants, like it was. Oh god, it was so fucking awesome. All the the karate moves in the match. I, the thing that I I noticed and I loved when Ethan Page comes out, he bows to all four sides of the ring, and uh, yeah. I. I paid him a little bit of respect because i bowed back to him because i i was in taekwondo and like he complimented me at the gimmick table about it i was just like yeah i was i've done this shit before i understand it's just so so much fucking fun this will be like on the top of my list when i go back and revisit this show just to see like what the commentary was like during it because it was so much fun the finish of this match is so (laughs) fucking good the best finish in wrestling ever dude here's the thing like every person involved in this match committed fully to every part of it and that's why it works it's so forever it's so fucking good the whole thing is fucking great <laughs> i i had to look it up to make sure i got the name right uh so I was, before i tweeted it out i should say but uh filthy tom won via referee stoppage after the five point palm exploding heart technique <laughs> amazing and then the the best part is you know tom is feel feeling so bad because he just killed ethan page that <laughs> he just takes off running you know and it, like across the, the bridge down. across the bridge with his hands and his his face in his hands like crying and uh and then steve telling him that every you know everything's going to be okay and the karate man's alive and then him starts he starts jumping up and down and takes off running like sprints towards the locker room okay was fucking best was it just me when filthy tom lawler moves the guardrail to go around it it almost looked like he was about to jump over the wall into the water just that the really quick motion it 
it looked like that's what he was about to do, but no, he, he goes past the guardrail and runs up the steps. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure where he was going. No, as he as he got over to that point, I was watching the the whole show that was going on with the karate man on the ground. Okay, yeah, you have you <laughs> that right going on right in front of you. Yeah, you had a better view than what we did. Didn't, didn't, I mean, he breathed a lot for a dead guy, but other than that, it was <laughs> <laughs> didn't uh, didn't Pam have a tweet right around this time? Like, uh, just watched a a murder or something. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. God, I can't wait to revisit this match. I, it's man, it's so good. <laughs> I want to I want to find someone who hates comedy wrestling and like can praise this match because I think it, it definitely is that perfect balance of like yes, there's there's comedy to it because we're not taking this as seriously as a serious wrestling match, but it was kind of like a lighthearted comedy karate fight. Yeah, man. It, yeah, it's entertainment, man. Just enjoy the shit you like. People are so fucking silly. Everybody has to complain about something. With serious wrestling. It's serious. I only like serious wrestling. I only, I only like serious wrestling. And if I see something I don't like, I got a tag cornet in it. <laughs> so he can see this too, and we can all agree on it. It's important that people take the thing I like very seriously. So dumb. <laughs> it's like, you know, you know how dumb wrestling is as a whole? Like, just just like it. If you don't, like, that's fine. But understand, like, the, anybody who's not a fan will look at you like you're crazy no matter what. You know what's super serious wrestling? Collegiate wrestling. Go watch it. It's it's real serious. There's not one joke. They don't have like little people or I don't even <laughs> know if they allow women. So that might probably be good for a lot of these guys too. Uh, they do. There was a girl that wrestled at my high school. Oh dude, that's awesome. So yeah, maybe those guys want to avoid like high school collegiate wrestling, but I'm sure there's <laughs> plenty of serious collegiate wrestling for them out there. Not even like goofy commentators either. Just real straightforward. Refs never cheat. It seems like it's crazy. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next match. Cute cat with his name, Annoying Customer. Next up, we got Ben Carter versus Chase Oliver versus Johnny Patch versus Trey Lamar. And can we talk about the horrible luck of fucking Chase Oliver? Man, why we got to start with that? Let's talk about all the good stuff about this match. I want to get it out of the way first. (laughs) And then we can go to how great (laughs) the whole fucking match was. All right. So look, man, it's it's a couple months and he'll be back. And if there's one thing he's proven, he comes back from injuries very well. So injuries and pandemics comes back looking jacked, super jacked. Yeah. I'm afraid he's going to come back even way, way more jack. We're not going to fucking recognize him, but uh, basically I don't remember the exact point, but uh, chase got injured in this match. And it, I mean, like kind of what you mentioned, it really sucks that, this isn't the first time for him. And then like when he came back last time, that was right before the pandemic and then the pandemic happens. So now he's, he's back again and like he, he fucking gets injured. So worst case, I I was thinking worst case scenario, he can form a tag team with Angelus lane who is also was, was also very injury prone. So that would make sense. Or he can start billing himself also from your nearest emergency room. Oh man, man. Look, man, Chase, I think the, there's a fucking crazy high ceiling for Chase. Like, mm-hmm. I like Chase a fucking lot. Uh, he's like a young, like, remember, especially now that he's like bulked up, 
remember like Scott Steiner could do crazy shit and you were like, wow, how does Scott Steiner do all that crazy shit and be as big as he is? He's like that, but on steroids, but not because if you're Scott Steiner on steroids, you're Scott Steiner that we have now. But it's like he can do so much more than like even Scott Steiner could do then. And he's like a fucking jacked now. Like that kid has crazy fucking potential. I just hope this is the last injury for a long time because that kid's too good to fucking sit out with injuries, man. It's just such shit luck, and I feel so bad for him. It's like every single time you know he comes back, and everybody's really excited, and there's so much so much momentum behind him. And then you know you got the concussions, and then uh, you got the knee injury. It's like, dude, I don't know if it has to come down to. I mean, I I know the injuries are going to happen no matter what, but I don't know if maybe it needs to come down to a changing of his style. To where he's not putting himself into some of these predicaments, which I mean, he said it was a freak accident, and you know, like this it. didn't even happen on like like a crazy flip thing or anything. Yeah, this I, was just like uh, I I don't know, man. It sucks because like I really I I, I like Chase and I want to see him work and I want to see him you know I want to see him grow. It's like man, every single time you he's we have him for a couple of months and then we lose him for a while. It's like it sucks. Yeah, dude, I think of. Like there's a lot of people who have like came into AIW who have been students and like came up through that I think have a lot of potential and could go on to have like really crazy big wrestling careers. And I think Chase is better than most of them. It just sucks that he has this luck with injuries, man, because that kid is really fucking good, really fucking good. Mike, one of my favorite spots in this match, and we can use it to transition into the actual match itself, was you had the the moment that Chase and Trey kind of had a flashback to their tag team days, had a, I don't want to call it a double team move because they don't really do it together, but they do a move at the same time. And like to a me, tandem I, move. Thank you. Tandem move. That's why you're a commentator and I'm not. Um, <laughs> but it was a really cool moment where it was just like, yeah, like that. I love that tag team, and I think we may not get it right now in AIW, but over time, we're going to just show that these two individuals are going to build a better and stronger career, and we're just going to look back at that moment when they were just two young kids, you know, as a tag team. And Dude, that it's something I've been hoping for. Uh, if, if you remember leading into, like, uh, Slumber Party Massacre, like, that whole run-up, before Chase got hurt, there was a real chance that that it was going to be them for the tag titles. And then think about how much better both Trey and Chase are now than they were then. Like that tag team could be the biggest tag team on the indies if they had time and were able to work together with how skilled they both are now. I hope that gets to happen. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I love Trey. Um, I think that he's he's one of my favorites you know that i get to watch in aiw especially as far as the students go i always enjoyed him and him and chase together um you know again really sucks that chase keeps getting these injuries but you know there was a lot of really good stuff that happened in this match um you know trey looked good you know just like he always does um ben carter does really awesome flips i like his flips uh he had that one he did that uh, moonsault off the top rope and he landed on his feet and because Trey rolled out of the way and then he did that standing moonsault. Um, it, it, the guy's agility is insane. Uh, the, uh, uh, what's it called? The Spanish fly 
that he did to Johnny Patch and then, you know, jumped right up out of it and then did that tope to chase and uh, Trey on the outside. Like Ben Carter is really good. I really like Ben Carter. He's good. He's he's really fucking good. I'm glad I got to see him. Yeah, I hope we get to see him more, too, because like I know that, you know, he's he as, as far as like new people coming in from other places just because of where he's trained, he's got, you know, some, sometimes a better chance of going places than some people that train at other schools. I, so I hope that, you know, we get a little bit more time with Ben Carter. It kind of feels like this match had a lot of really good up and coming names, people who aren't necessarily established as much. And you have two like our homegrown guys. And then you have two names outside of Northeast Ohio that are building themselves at the same time too. And I think a lot of people had their eyes on this from different parts of the country and hopefully that helps build the rest of them. I mean, Johnny Patch, I mean, he's kind of one of those names that, you know, was just a kind of a Pittsburgh guy, but with this match in AIW and like we said, he did have the pre-show match in AIW and obviously he's done uh UXWA too, that more people are finding out about the kid and we, we can learn that uh, Pittsburgh kind of has a really good scene of like some of the talent they have, but some of them aren't getting out as much. I mean, that's how we got Lee Moriarty. It was Lee, not Lee, just fuck. Trey <laughs> Lamar getting the win. Lee Moriarty's so good, he won this match and wasn't <laughs> in it. That's why he's the best wrestler in North America. He wins matches he's not even in. <laughs> I was just going to say that a lot of times lately when we talk about Trey, we talk about Lee at the same time and vice versa, just because a lot of the opportunities and matches they've been getting even against each other. So that's, that's what I'm going to use to say... That's why I accidentally said Lee instead of Trey Lamar, who did get the win via pinfall. Yeah, and get well soon, Chase. Uh, don't let that I mean he already. He's been through worse injuries. Just know, Chase, you got it, and we'll be here waiting for you when everything goes back to normal. I can't wait to see you do flippy shit again. Fuck yeah. All right, on to the next match. Would you like to suck my cock, Next up, we started off with Hornswoggle versus Lee Moriarty. No, we didn't. Not Lee Moriarty. Jesus Christ. Damn. You really want to talk about Lee and Eric Stevens, don't you? Man, I think we should just put this one on hold, (laughs) move right to that match. (laughs) Lee, the sad thing is I'm reading my fucking tweets, (laughs) and I didn't tag Lee Moriarty. I tagged Levi Everett. So there thought, is a world of difference between Lee Moriarty and Levi Everett. I, so I thought you were you were watching a different show than me. <laughs> and I was right like next I, to you. You know, I know, I know. Sometimes I might, you know, get involved in a little extracurriculars. But I told you I was going to try to be sober for this show. You know, <laughs> I definitely don't remember Lee versus <laughs> Hornswoggle. I did not have enough edibles to imagine a match. <laughs> I mean, those edibles were good, but like, you know they weren't that strong. Could you imagine Hornswoggle versus Lee Moriarty? I I'm, I can now. <laughs> I never wanted to see it before until now. Thunder in Indianapolis. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Lee, in advance. Anyway, Hornswoggle versus Lee Vi Everett. Now, when I was tweeting out results, this is one of those things you really can't tweet in real time because there's just a lot of shit going on. So. We started off with Hornswoggle versus Lee Moriarty, and before the match could get... No, we didn't. No, we didn't. God damn it. (laughs) 
<laughs> I know you want that to be a match, Justin, but it didn't fucking happen. Uh, Stacy, I like how me and you were both just sitting there right at the mic, just waiting to be like, no, no, that's not what it was. Fucking Christ. Anyway, before the match could get started, we had Dr. Daniel C. Rockingham come out. Yeah, he did. Basically, uh, I mean, doing his normal talking shit caused a distraction. And then the, here come the Bitcoin boys attacking both Levi and Hornswoggle. Good job. Yeah, and Hornswoggle had already ruined Levi's butter, too. <laughs> he was churning it way too fast. <laughs> way too fast. Don't they have churn. Amish in Wisconsin? Yeah, you can't. They make cheese up there. They have to know about butter some, right? Like, you know, got to yeah. be easy with it. If he just watched Levi do it, he would know. He wouldn't have went so fast. At, Levi's reaction to it was perfect, too. Yeah, so good. At at this point, where did the Duke come from? Because I didn't see him come they, out at all. They came from, like, over by the merch. They used The reason you didn't see them is they used Young Ed as a shield. They hid behind Young Ed. Well, n- not the Bitcoin boys, but the Duke. The Duke's the one that I didn't see. Like, obviously, as soon as I could right. see that there was a distraction going, but then next thing I know, I'm like, oh, there's the Duke. What, where did that E come from? Was he the one I'm, hiding behind? I think he was hiding behind them. Yeah, I think they, they all I, came from the same place. I saw them come over from, you know, from towards like the concessions area. Yeah. So where, where the, like the main entrance was, because I mean, we, this was the match, uh, after intermission too. So, um, I was standing up there by that main entrance and I saw them. I saw, uh, Mikey trying to hide in the bushes. So I kind of knew something was probably going to be happening so that's where they came from was like over that concessions area so like the hard cam like so the hard cam would have been picking them up and it worked good because people were still kind of like mingling back down into their seats and into their spots and shit yeah it was good and and then i believe through all this alley cat comes out to make a save but unfortunately they're still outnumbered and we get a duke promo duke cutting a promo on caden did he cut out anybody else either? No, just just Caden. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Caden. But instead of having a three-on-three, three, basically it implemented that uh, the Duke said he was going to be in the match, and then we get none other than Spider-Nate Webb coming out. Perfect. I had a weird feeling he was going to be a part of this show, mainly because I know he, he lives in the area. Just wasn't sure how, and I think this was perfect. Because we then got the eight-man tag match of Bitcoin Boys, Dr. Daniel C. Rockingham, and the Duke versus Alley Cat, Hornswoggle, Levi Everett, and Nate Webb. And something this, so like intermission had a little bit of the rain, right? Something we didn't talk about that I just want to touch on is in that match, the Trey Chase, uh, that match, is when there started to be a sprinkle or two. And there was a point where everybody was just like on their phones towards the end of it. So like if you watch that match and it seems like the crowd's not real into it, it's because everybody was like, oh, shit, this is about to get rained out. And then coming back from intermission, I remember being like, man, I love Nate Webb's entrance, but maybe hurry up because it might start raining before you guys get to have a fucking wrestling match. I I did witness uh, and uh, Brock was there, too. We witnessed uh, Nate Webb putting a beer on the corner post and basically there not be nothing up there so you just heard it go thunk all, <laughs> all the way down the tube i can back Save that up. one for later <laughs> it was it was wild 
the look on his face too was like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> but it was okay. They all had beer. Um, another Swoggle made him made Nate Webb go back to the bar to get him, you know, back to the bar tent to get him a beer because he brought Alley Cat a, a white claw and brought Swoggle nothing, and that's like a no no. Is you always have to bring a drink to Swoggle. Yeah, he's got to have his motivation, man. <laughs> and Levi's a, a good, upstanding young man. Yes. Uh, so he wouldn't partake in any of that. Yeah, he doesn't do that. Just turn, churns the butter. At the proper speed. <laughs> well, you wouldn't want to be wasteful. <laughs> um, you know, I love I love all of Levi's reactions, too. Uh, yeah, I just... I, I've seen some other people try to you know pull off an Amish gimmick other than Roadkill. And Levi is by far um, my favorite one to do it. Yeah, I really thought the idea of a Amish wrestler wrestler peaked with Roadkill, uh, and Levi has proven that wrong. He's he's done way more with it. All fucking Roadkill did was stand in the corner and have people yell "You fuck sheep" at him. Uh, <laughs> but he was with Danny Doring, who we could talk about again because he was fucking fantastic. I love Danny Doring. It was my favorite ECW tag team is Roadkill and Doring. That's one of the only ones that really ever comes to my mind whenever I think of ECW tag teams. So I guess you'd have to say it's mine too. All in all, this uh, this was a fun match, especially when we thought we were getting Levi versus Hornswoggle, but instead eight man tag match, including a bunch of people we didn't expect to be on the show. And I'm a huge fan of like surprises like that. I I had a weird feeling Allie was going to be on the show, but. I wasn't wasn't 100% sure, so her getting used in this capacity was perfectly fine with me. I mean, it sucked that you didn't have ICP coming out to the aid of Hornswoggle and Alley, but... I, I wasn't upset about that at all. <laughs> I, yeah, it didn't bother me. That's fine. <laughs> Upsetting to me. Lab. Man, you know something I really dug about this show, too? And this is... I didn't watch the GCW show, but I kind of saw who, who was on it, and like, like this felt like a regular AIW show, you know, like it, he didn't like bring people in or book people for the most part that normally wouldn't have been booked on an AIW show just because they were there and they were available where it feels like that did happen the other direction a little bit. Uh, it, it wasn't the case with AIW. Like this just felt like this show could have been in Cleveland and felt totally normal. It was just, a normal AIW show in a fucking weird place. Yep, everything that a normal AIW show would have, you had on this one too. You know, you had your comedy, you had your, you know, your grapple fuck, you had your chaos, you know, anything that would be on a normal AIW show with the normal roster is what you got and that's one of the things I loved about it. Yeah. If anything this show could have been, you know, just built to last, but in in indie because that's kind of what that show was. Cause even like there was no special guest for, you know, built to last and this, there wasn't any special guest either. Like probably two of the quote special guests would have been Ethan page and Hornswoggle, but those are, you know, AIW regulars at this point. I mean, not as much anymore. Oh, I disagree. Ethan page is no longer an AIW regular. I was about to say longstanding roster member, but he is no longer a regular. I was just about to say like, not in the past so many years, but you know, from his, uh, years prior to being being that AIW regular. So, like, what I would say is neither of these two wrestlers were, like, a special meet-and-greet type thing. And oh, yeah, there was none of that. But, I mean, how you can't even consider meet-and-greets at this point. Like, it's not a thing. 
Like, hey, come stand really close to this person and take a bunch of pictures. I've seen it done. I've seen it done. Nope. That's dumb. But definitely not, not done. Right not done in the capacity that it used to be, but still, like, you're definitely bringing in those people for that reason. But for AIW, what? it was just a regular show. I loved it. That's what it should have been. It was great. Like, I think it's really cool that that's what it was. I think it's really cool that our cult leader, John Thorne, can get people to drive all the way to Indianapolis for, you know, not a special guest. Clearly a cult leader. Clearly a cult leader. People are fucking silly. Specific people are very fucking silly. And, you know, like, clearly Thorne isn't, like, adhering to all the guidelines. He says he is, but he isn't. But, I mean, that's just, that's a different story. Jesus. And that shouldn't get any more amplification. Just leave that alone. Some people out in the world are contrarians. Some people out in the world are mentally ill. Those people tend uh, to speak to the populace a lot more through their Twitter and through their Facebook and through their whatever. <sighs> Consider the fucking sources is all I'm saying. Uh, this show was done as properly and safely as it could have been. And at no point was any fan put in any kind of danger uh outside of what would be there in any normal going to the store kind of shit honestly safer than going to the store because we were out fucking side um and if a bunch of people chose to drive to another state to go to a show because that state would allow it uh i would say that i would have gone to this show in ohio if it was able to have happened in ohio under the terms that it happened in indiana it was safe it was outside uh, the people who drove drove because they like AIW. There was a thing happening that they haven't got to see. And the the way they like to see that thing happen, the preferred way was happening. You know, it wasn't some other company. I wouldn't have driven there for a GCW show. There have been GCW shows. I didn't drive there for them. Um, it doesn't mean that it's a cult. It means that there's a thing I like. If there was a band I really liked and they were playing in Indiana, uh, that band isn't a cult. I'm not a fucking cult member. I just like that thing. And I would have driven to Indiana and seen a band I like under those same fucking circumstances. So uh, people are just contrarians. And some of them are mentally ill. And if you're mentally ill, get help. I'm not talking down on the mentally ill. I just Everybody goes through stuff. See a psychologist. Get on meds. It's cool. Take time for yourself. Maybe step away from social media. <laughs> I, I went because my cult leader, John Thorne, said that he was putting on a wrestling <laughs> show and that I should go out to Indiana for it, so I did. I received a message to go buy tickets, so I was the first one to buy a ticket. You All were, praise, you John did. Thorne. <laughs> can, can there be a, an AIW show in the future named after like some sort of like cult movie? Waco. Uh, I mean, <laughs> the first shit, one that comes to my mind is all the shit in you know, Waco is getting real popular again. Yeah, well, it's had an anniversary and people are nostalgic for the 90s. I mean, if you there's plenty of cult leaders. David Koresh was one. I'm, I'm particularly a Jonestown fan myself. Jonestown's a good one. But whatever, whatever uh, show it is, AIW provides free Kool-Aid. <laughs> That's all I, I mean, ask. He got those people to move to a different country. John just got people to go to Indiana. <laughs> and I mean, yeah, Indiana's Indiana, but not to South America. Does that mean Mikey's a cult leader because I went out there too? I don't know. You could be in multiple cults at this point, Justin. I don't know. Oh, Ultramanus Black's a cult leader. That makes sense. I did drive to Philadelphia for a wrestling <laughs> outside of. 
If John would, Thorne is my only cult leader. If there would be a cult leader, it would be Ultramanus Black. I believe it. He would be more likely a cult leader than John Thorne. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Back to the match. It's Levi Everett and Hornswoggle pinning the Duke to get the win. I like that Pat had the megaphone to yell at Duke from a distance. <laughs> I heard that, but I couldn't like make out what he was saying. And I think I only noticed it once. I mean, I don't remember specifics, but it was good. It was a great idea. Good job, Pat. All right, let's move on to the next match. Something smells like shoe polish. All right, now I get to talk about it. Lee, and she almost said Lee Fiverr. Fuck. <laughs> Lee Moriarty versus Eric Stevens. And if you wanted a serious wrestling match, this is what you got. And good shit. I really like Eric Stevens. Uh, I'm glad we still have him. I'm glad he didn't retire, um, you know, before he got to do, I'm I'm glad he gets to retire how he wants to. Um, If you're into grapple fuck matches, that's, you know, pretty much what this was. There was a lot of chops, a lot of, you know, technical wrestling, uh, which, you know, it's the style of wrestling that I enjoy. So I really enjoyed it. Um, I think Eric does a really good job of selling and, you know, like this is, you know, like kind of, you know, how Stacy was talking earlier, people are, you know, getting on their phones and looking at, you know, the weather app still kind of going on a little bit in this match. I mean, which the match, the, the rain stopped for this match, um, but there was still a lot the, of people. The rain was afraid of Eric Stevens. The rain feared Eric Stevens. So it stopped. I mean, I'm kind of afraid of Eric Stevens, too, because he could probably twist me up like a pretzel if he wanted to. Understandable. I'm I'm not shitting on the rain for it. I understand why the rain was afraid. <laughs> you know, I, I think Eric does a good job of selling because at the, you know at a point in the match, um, you know he's the the crowd isn't really getting into it, and where most maybe uh, guys that haven't been doing it for as long would try to rush into what they're getting ready to do next. You know, Eric just kind of sits back and keeps selling like, no, like you motherfuckers are going to start getting into it. And that's when, you know, you know, he kind of sits there and then the, you know, the, the cloud, the crowd starts to do, you know, the slow clap and, and build it back up. Um, but, you know, I think that Eric Stevens does a really good job of uh, kind of like taking like a leadership role uh, with the younger talent in in his matches. This was probably the best wrestling match on the show. Agreed. Yeah. And it seems like a thing I tend to say about Lee Moriarty matches and Eric Stevens matches. So that's not a surprise. But man, isn't it good to watch two people who are really good at something do it? Like these two are both fucking such good wrestlers. And like seeing two people who are really good wrestlers wrestle is just the best. This match was fucking outstanding. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. Lee Moriarty is such a good fucking wrestler. Some would say the best wrestler in North America. And he would disagree with you because statistically that's impossible. But I think that he needs to work on his statistics a little bit because <laughs> dude is fucking amazing. The tweet that I read, I think it was today, that actually I, I agree with is if Lee doesn't want to be called the best wrestler in North America or the world, he needs to start having shitty matches because that's the only way we're going to say it. Yeah, I mean, if he gets on being not good, then people will stop saying it. But, I mean, it doesn't seem like a thing that's going to happen. Seems like he's probably going to get better, and that's crazy. Yeah. 
I like I really hope that he makes it to Japan because I just I want to see what he can do there. You know, I mean, that's that's a completely different style. I just want to see him get that knowledge and see what he can do. Oh, yeah, dude. I I think he would be a huge star in Japan. I'm not an authority or anything. I just have a feeling seems like something that would work real well. And I think no matter where he goes, he's going to get over whenever the impact tapings, like whatever episode he was on airs. I'm really curious to see how well people catch on to him and uh, look into Lee Moriarty if they don't already know him. And dude, he's good at a lot of stuff, too. Wrestling just happens to be one of them. Mm-hmm. Lee's fucking great. He's definitely one of those dudes that I've never heard a bad thing about. And I think in the world of professional wrestling, that's sometimes hard. But every interaction I've had with him was great. Yeah, same here. He's a super humble dude, too. Like he, I don't think he realizes how good he actually is. Yeah, man. The joke that I had with him before the match, and I, I think I mentioned it on the preview because we accidentally forgot to talk about that match, is... When I did interviews with both of them, literally I recorded with Lee and then literally got off Skype and got on the call with uh, Eric. And as a joke, uh, Lee told me to say, tell him that he's a hoe. And I was like, okay. So before the match, I was like, you told me to tell him he's a hoe. And here you go. Here's your match. But uh, really, really enjoyed it. Uh, Lee Moyarty beats Eric Stevens via submission. I don't think, and maybe this has been a thing we've talked about before. But I don't think Eric Stevens has lost much in AIW, has he? I would have to look it up because I'd, I'd double check cage match. I I wouldn't be surprised if he's about 50-50 because there's some matches I kind of remember him losing because obviously he did have a match against Filthy Thomas champion and Filthy Thomas. Right, I'm, tra- I'm trying to run all of his matches in my head. And I mean, the, I know the first weekend that he was there, he, he lost both of his matches because he lost against Dom Knight, won a jail it, and then he lost against Tom for the after was it the afternoon show or was it Jay Lit Night Two that he I think it was Night Two Jay Lit that it was Eric and Tom. Was Jay Lit his first show? Yeah. 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 And then I think he lost against Shelly uh back in February. Was that the February match? Or was it oh man, there's all right, I uh had enough time stalling. Thank you, Brock. To where I could Yeah, pull- you're welcome. <laughs> I, I knew you were looking it up on Cage Match. So I was just trying to give you some time. It's hard sometimes to look something up if I'm talking at the same time. So at least had you helping me out there. Okay. It was obviously Dom beats Eric in the opening round of J-Lit. It was night two. It wasn't the, the tag team, uh, the Biggins Cup wasn't that match. I mean, it wasn't that uh, show. Filthy Tom beats Eric Stevens. Eric Stevens gets his first win at AIW at AIW Bobblehead Night. Ooh. Versus Lee Moriarty, Wheeler Yuta, and Zach Thomas. And then the next show, AIW 200, Matt Justice defeats Eric Stevens. At Hell on Earth, Alex Shelley beats Eric Stevens. And then Baby It's Too Cold Outside, Eric Stevens defeats Eddie Kingston. And then with this year, uh, Josh Bishop won the six-way scramble match for the number one Contendership to the absolute title versus Dr. Daniel C. Rockingham, Eric Stevens, Mance Warner, Nick Gage, and Wheeler Yuta. And Eric Stevens beat Mance Warner at Hey Yo. So I wasn't. Three wins. Yeah, so I was real wrong. Never mind. Maybe like with him, it doesn't feel like he's lost a lot. But I could, I could, like I said, I could see it. That's kind of crazy going back to that uh, one match that he, he beat Lee. But I don't know if he was 
if Lee was involved in the the victory or not. That well, it sounds like they need to have a third one. Might as well at this point. I Work think for Lee and Shelley. <laughs> I right. think I think at some point we're gonna see those two again. Uh, especially with like the year that Eric Stevens has had and Lee Moriarty at the same time. I mean, those are no matter what you think of Eric Stevens on Twitter as a wrestler, he's still fucking good. So having this match one more time in AIW makes so much sense. All right, let's move on to the next match. Yeah, open a video store. Shut the fuck up, junkie. Next up was the final showdown between Two Infinity Beyond and PME. Cheech and Colin Delaney versus Philly Collins and Marino Tanaglia for the AIW Tag Team Championships. All in all, this was definitely on par with every single match that these two teams have had. It's uh, no secret that I'm a I'm a PME guy. Uh, whenever I was on uh, during the pandemic, you know, pretty much any time I could put PME over, I, I was. Uh, so that's not going to change here. Um, PME is still the better tag team. And uh, Philly had a real nice dive through Marino's legs. Um, and then, you know, that assisted top rope dive that uh, Marino does uh, you know, where he jumps off of Philly's back. It always looks real pretty. Um, I will give Colin and Cheech, I guess, a little bit of credit. They they looked good. Um, that uh, electric chair stunner thing that Colin did was real nice, too. I mean, Colin and Cheech are... They're Colin and Cheech. They're always going to put on a really good show. Um, but, man, I, I'm, I'm a little sad boy. Look, I appreciate the storytelling. It's good. It is. And it is more fun to watch PME try to win the belts than it is to watch them defend it. It's all but that's the case for any like any baby faces, it's always more fun to ride to them getting the belt, right? Than it is once they have it and defend it. And Colin and Cheech are really good at being like assholes when they're champs, when they're like they're all Cheech with that fucking belt over his shoulder instantly makes you mad. All he has to do is just throw the belt over his shoulder, tap it with his other hand. You're instantly like, that son of a bitch. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's good. They're really good at what they do. And I've reconciled that now I just kind of, most of the time that I have been uh, regularly coming to AIW shows, to Infinity and Beyond have been champs. To the point where they were champs for so long, I didn't think it would ever end. And now that they have the belt again, I'm kind of at a point where I'm like, fuck it. Just let them just let them be the champs. They can just be champ forever. It's fine. Fuck it. You're making Orange really happy right now. They can just be the champs forever. And other teams can come in and then they can wrestle them and lose. It's fine. <laughs> but they're really good at being heel champs. They are. Really fucking good. I can't even be mad. And PME is really fucking good at making you want them to be champs. Like, you really want them to win. And you really want to Infinity and Beyond to lose. And now I really want to Infinity and Beyond and Beyond to lose again. Right. Actually, two more times. Yeah. And, like, can you think of any other examples in indie wrestling in the last few years where you cared about, like, a little feud between two teams so much? I can't. I can't even think of like anything in, you know, mainstream wrestling that's made me like, you know, feel that 
before we go any further, we'll uh, recap it real quick for those who don't know is obviously to infinity beyond beat PME via pinfall to become the new AIW tag team champions. Even though this match was called the final showdown, we had to infinity beyond lay down the challenge of at the collective two out of three falls match have to infinity beyond versus PME one more time. So I'm you're or I'm guessing that like that's the real end of of this feud. I I hope we don't see two infinity beyond become champions again. It's like nothing against them, but they are good. They are good champions. They've have a lot of great matches in AIW. They're a great fucking team on top of that. But I think there's a lot more potential to see PME versus a lot of other tag teams in AIW rather than the other way around. But we'll see. And I think uh, there's something with with PME and AIW that we all gravitate towards them, and they're they're instantly over. I, I think I don't know anybody besides Orange Flaccity that doesn't like PME, and probably the only reason why he might not like PME is because he's a huge Colin Delaney fan. And yeah, I haven't heard. Yeah, I've <laughs> never heard him talk about it. It's it's kind of it's a secret. He doesn't like talking about it. He doesn't really show any bias. But I I know from conversations I've had with him that he really loves to infinity and beyond oh that's yeah. interesting i think he's embarrassed by it that's why he doesn't talk about it uh, i would be embarrassed too <laughs> I, don't, I don't have much else to say about this match um but it's, it's exactly the level i expected and brock you mentioned that dive through philly's legs uh through uh marino's legs yeah i want to see a dead on view of that because as soon as i saw that he was diving through his legs, I was like, no way, no fucking way. Right through, I'm like, holy shit, like, that was awesome. You know, Philly's always going to be really good at surprising you with stuff. Yeah. You know, uh, he he has, I think, one of the best looking moonsaults um, in, I'll, I'll just say independence at least. Um, you know, anytime he does it, I get excited and it always looks gorgeous whenever he does it. You know, Philly is, I mean, Marino too, but Philly especially is really good about surprising people. They're a really good tag team really fucking good the best all right we'll move on to the last match and the main event of the evening come on have you ever tried to suck your own dick main event time second gear crew versus the rip city shooters one called manders mance warner and matt justice versus mr brickster wes barkley and joshua bishop and this match is exactly what I expected it to be. And I think that like if there was a match that needed to be outdoors, it was this match because these guys could go anywhere and do anything. Absolutely perfect for me. Uh, exactly what I expected, you know, knowing that you've got, you know, Mance Warner and uh, Matt Justice on one side and you've got Josh Bishop on the other side. I fully expected a bunch of chaos because it doesn't matter who those guys are going to be wrestling. There's going to be chaos in their match. So the fact that you're putting all you know six of those guys together and then you know adding Fonzie in on the outside, it it was there was a lot to like try to keep up with. Uh, first time that I've actually really got to see Brickster, and I really enjoyed him. Uh, I, you know, I'm I'm excited that we have him as a part of the AIW roster now. Um, he got some color. These guys took a lot of headshots, like a lot of headshots. But that's also, you know, to be expected in a Matt Justice match. 
so I'm not talking shit. But um, a lot of doors, a lot of tables, or not tables, uh, a lot of chairs. Just a lot of construction work. Yeah, a lot of lot of construction work. Uh, good thing Josh Bishop works construction because you know he he knows how to put all that shit together for him. <laughs> Absolute chaos in this fucking match. Uh, I don't I don't really know how else to describe it, but it's it's what we expect from an, a lot of these wrestlers, and it's what we expect from an AEW main event. And uh, that's pretty much all I have to say about it. Just I, I mean, I loved it. I'm curious to see where we do go from here. I was expecting Rip City to get this win, and I kind of forgot, like going through all those matches for Eric Stevens, that Joshua Bishop is the number one contender for the AIW Absolute Championship. He sure is. There was supposed to be a match all about it that didn't get to happen. I don't know that it gets to happen in Indianapolis. I hope it does. I think a lot of people really want that match to be a thing, but I completely understand if it can't be in Indianapolis. I was going to fly to Tampa for one night just so that I could watch that match. Like, I was going to fly to Tampa and then fly home the next morning. It almost tempted me to, and I don't fucking fly unless I have to. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, I've never been on a plane, man. I'm afraid of heights. Oh, yeah, you won't like it at all. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're real high up there. <laughs> oh, yeah. It don't get much higher, buddy. <laughs> You're real dead if it falls. <laughs> yep. But you know what? I was going to risk it to go see Josh Bishop and Matt Justice in a no, no ropes barbed wire match. So I'm really hoping that I can drive, you know, five hours to watch it instead. Yeah. I mean, I'll watch it without the no rope barbed wire, but oh, I will boy, too, that's, but... that's an added bonus. Oh, I wouldn't travel to Florida to see it for no rope barbed wire or without no rope barbed wire, but in an airplane, those are scary. But <laughs> I will definitely drive to Indianapolis. I think it would have been worth the plane, the plane flight. I, I agree completely. This match was chaotic and violent, and it was exactly what I expected it to be. And it was really fucking good. A lot of doors were broken. A lot of chairs were thrown and hit. And there was some blood. Yeah, Brickster got some color. Dude, there was that spot where they were just hitting Matt over and over again with those oh. doors. It was so good. <laughs> the note that I kind of mentally took from that was I felt like Josh Bishop had the best swings because they were going right through Matt. Like the door was going around him and he was like popping out in the middle of it and it would break off at the same time. It's fucking awesome. I think that, you know, one thing that benefits us as fans anytime we get to see Josh Bishop and Matt Justice in a ring together is that they're going to go all out, you know, they're not worried about, uh, you know, where some other people might be wor- more worried about, you know, hurting somebody. They don't care. Not that they want to, you know, purposely hurt each other, but they just kind of have that type of relationship that they're just going to beat the beat the shit out of each other, and all of us get to sit back and enjoy it. Well, and that's another case of a feud that has gone on for so long. Like those two have had a series of matches that's gone on for so long at this point. That like you're invested every time they're in the ring. I mean that that feud has been has been going on for you know over a, over a year now. Yeah, and it's still as fresh as it was all this time off, and it's still good. Yeah, you know, think about the the you know the year that we had of you know two infinity and, and beyond and uh, hot sauce entertainment and how stale it got. You know, and that that's not happening with these two guys. No, not at all. And it's you, dude. Matt's another guy who's a fucking really good wrestler. 
Like people kind of just know him for like the crazy spots and like what's Matt going to jump off of. Matt is a fucking really good wrestler. Josh is a really good wrestler. Mm-hmm. It's no surprise that when they wrestle each other, it's really fucking good. It was Rip City getting the win. Not Rip City. Fuck. I've had a long day. Second gear crew getting the win via pinfall. Well, at least this time they were all actually in the match. Yep. It's a shame didn't uh, it's a shame Lee didn't win this one too. <laughs> he's not that good. He can win like a regular match that he's not in, but he can't win like a, a three on three. He can't be three Lee Moriarty's. Uh, but he's the at best least wrestler not in the country. He's the best wrestler in North America. Well, that's what's scary about when he gets better, because right now he can only be one Lee Moriarty in a match <laughs> he's not in. Imagine when he can be three Lee Moriarty's in a match he's not in. That's just fucking crazy. It's unstoppable. It really is. Man, fuck this shit. I'm going back to interviews for three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, that was the show, but not necessarily everything on the card. Oh, but there's more. We had a final closing moment. You figure kind of a maybe a victory speech and whatnot, but it was actually the moment that most of us know was coming. We had Jake Clemens announcing that he is signing with WWE and he's going to be moving to Orlando very soon. And that was his final AIW show. He got to be the referee for the main event match. And uh, it's going to be awesome to see him go off. It's, it's going to suck to see him go at the same time. Jake's a dude that has been around, obviously, longer than I have. And he was my, I, he took me to my first out-of-state wrestling show. And we went to, ironically enough, it was a show in Indiana, but it was Fort Wayne. I got to meet Bret Hart at that show. It was a fun, fun road trip. And a lot of other memories with the dude. I think I threw it out on my personal Twitter that, I fucked up on not getting an interview with him sooner, but there is an episode that predates this show and it predates the Ohio Indie Report where me and him got on a blog talk radio show and previewed a gauntlet for the gold. So much love and good luck to him. Uh, he deserves everything that's coming to him, like all the good stuff. Man, I have called him... <clears throat> I have called him professional referee Jake Clemens for a while, and I'm real glad that's finally true. Yeah, that professional uh, referee joke, you know, it's always been kind of a joke, but he is, uh, he's always been a phenomenal ref for, you know, as long as I've seen him. Uh, If he really wants to, you know, work for Vince, I hope he gets a lot of money from him. So uh, I hope he gets so much of that old man's money. Yeah, Jake. Uh, best of luck to you, and hopefully, maybe one day we'll we won't have to see you back because you'll just retire with you know Vince's company. And that joke for me was never about Jake not being good at being a referee. It was oh, that I know. He, it's that he took everything so seriously, like he was professional yeah. referee Jake Clemens. No, I, I I knew it wasn't a joke. It's he he is he's he's one of the best. And he he if if you're gonna be if you're going to own the biggest company in the in the world, um, Jake Clemens is the type of ref that you want to have. Dude, for Jake Clemens will not break. Like there was a Russell Rager, the Rager where John was with uh, Weird World and PME, right? Mm-hmm. And like I had, I had kind of had, I thought that was going to happen, and it was like people were coming to the ring for that match, and Jake was uh like at ringside right beside me, and I was like, 
oh, Jake, I don't see John anywhere. And he was like, I don't know, man. I, th- I think he had to go inside to do some stuff. I don't think he's wrestling. <laughs> and like, I knew it was happening. But Jake still wouldn't even break at that point. He's professional. It's. I'm glad that he's getting recognized and getting an opportunity at the biggest company in the world for the thing he does. I hope it's everything that he wants it to be. I remember some moment like that with Clemens at uh, a gauntlet for the gold. I don't remember who the entrant was. I don't remember even the year it was, but I remember when it happened, like he just looked at me like laughing because he's like, ah, like I, I didn't tell you that it was happening. Ha ha ha. Thing that I, you know, same, same thing with the John thing. There was that moment where he was like, yeah. I also think of a time in AIW that obviously we, we all know three referees that are linked to AIW. One was actually both of the, the other two were on the outs with AIW. There was a couple, I think, other referees. Some referees also would, I think, ride with other wrestlers. But Jake was the constant. And I remember many different shows where he refed the whole card. And like he he talked about it on the AW podcast where he would, you know, walk down to the ring for the match and then afterwards turn around, go right back up, take a drink of water, come right back out and complete the cycle for the rest of the show. He was an Iron Man ref then. And even going back to the road trip that I took with him, he was telling me things at that point of where he had his eye on of going to WWE, things he was working on, things he was told by other referees. And I think over the last year, he's been on that waiting list of when we hire a referee, you could potentially be it. And it came his time. And I think it's been it's been building even before the pandemic. I think if everything didn't happen, then he would have been gone months ago. But we wish him all the best. And that's why uh, I, I am happy that I got the intro for him, the little soundbite. And I I do have one cut up without the long thing where he talked about how it took him like four months to record it. But nonetheless, good luck, Jake. We all love you, man. And a testament to how good a dude Jake is, is what he did for Xavier. Yes. In, in his going away, putting him over. And like, it's funny. You talked about him doing those Iron Man's because that's already happened for Zay at UXWA. He had to do a whole show like that. And so, he, you know, having somebody who's done it, teach you pretty good thing and that wrapped up the show that wrapped up i assure you we're open any final thoughts on the show guys man it was good to be at an aiw show felt real good real glad i did it it's always the best feeling you know um i i needed that that escape and it could have been you know anywhere just having that escape to an aiw show and getting to see everybody that I haven't got to see in, you know, almost seven months. It was, it was really nice. Yeah, man. And that's, you know, and Jesus, it's going to feed into the fucking, Oh, it's a cult thing. But like, it was sort of about like being back around everybody too. And it was different, you know? And I like, there were people that if I didn't, if I wasn't, didn't happen to ever end up in the like general area they were in, I didn't go over and say hi, but it still felt good to like see people I knew like in person. Like in public, you're, you're here, you're, you're a person. You're not just on the other side of a video screen or on the other side of my phone. Like you're you're still a real person. You're here. It's good. It's good. Like people are unfortunately social creatures. Um, and so that's been a thing for a lot of people. And it did, it felt really good to be back around, like not just at the show, but around like all the other fans and stuff too. It was really good. It was definitely fun. It felt great to be back. It didn't necessarily feel like home, but 
to be around everybody one more time was fantastic. Unfortunately, like I know I won't be going to the collective. That's something I will be watching on fight. So I don't know if I'll be at another AIW show this year. There may be potentially going to be one later in the year, but it's obviously we got to see what happens in the state of Ohio between now and then. But if that's this is my last show for the year, that's fine. I got two more shows this year than I thought I would have had two months ago. I thought I was done for the year. So and we still have like one more AIW show to go. So that's making this show a little bit easier to do. And uh, that I'm happy about that. I am going to go. I already know I'm going to the collective show. I'm only going to two shows at that whole thing. Look, I completely understand anybody who was like, I don't know about going to a show inside. I don't either. To be completely truthful, I don't know about going to an inside show. It's not a thing that I'm like, I'm not worried because I've seen how big the room is and I know how few people like it sounds like a big number when you hear it thrown around. But when you see how big this room is, uh, it it's much less of a thing, I think. Um, but AIW is also the first day. So the less chance there is of there being any kind of anything, you know, it's going to be lower on that first day. So I'm, I'm going to, I've rolled the dice for myself and look, it's like, I have a couple of the things that mark off for like, if I get this, it's pretty bad fucking news for me. Um, and I think it's safe enough for me, but that's up to everybody to make their own choices but i don't think it's in any way like a unsafe thing at least up and into when like aiw is but i'm only going to shit that day i'm going to sup i'm going to aiw and then i'm i'm good i'd like to go to other shit but i'm just not going to take the risks yeah if i go out i'm only going to be out there for friday and uh it, a lot of it's kind of going to kind of depend on this new job and you know if, if i have anything for catering that gets set up but uh yeah i'll I'm hoping to at least be out there for AIW that Friday. For me, it kind of comes down to money and being able to take vacation day and doing that whole trip one more time. I just, I don't think I can swing it, but the fact that I can watch it at home and still be able to do this show and know exactly what happened is, is very beneficial. So that's the way I'm taking. Also, like I, there's a lot more of those shows that I want to watch. I think I might've talked about it, you know, over the past so many months, there were shows that I was upset that, you know, we weren't going to see because of the collective being canceled and almost all of them are happening except for two. And I'm fine with that. And even we're not getting those two, but I'm getting an extra Southern underground pro show. Okay, cool. That's awesome. Let's add any more to that list. And I'm, I'm still perfectly fine. So I'll be, I'll be checking out that way and that'll be, we will preview that in uh, after three more weeks. So almost a month from now. Any final thoughts or last minute words before we go, Brock? Um, I have a catering company called Smoke and Jay's Barbecue. Uh, if you are on Facebook, go like me over there. Uh, Facebook.com slash Smoke and Jay's Catering. Um, Instagram and Twitter, Smoke and underscore Jay's BBQ. Uh, I am still setting up in uh, like, you know, doing parties and weddings and whatever. If you just want to order some food from me, I can I can cook it for you. Uh, hopefully very soon. I'm kind of looking at a few things, but hopefully um, I'll have an actual food truck that I'll be able to pull out and uh, show up to random places so that people can come and get my food whenever they want it. 
so uh, I guess kind of keep a lookout for for that type of stuff too. But yeah, if you have any parties or if you're getting married, hit me up. Man, I'm so excited for you to have a food truck, dude. Uh, I've I found a couple and uh, I found some like really nice loopholes and like for tax write offs. So it's kind of you know like finding that stuff has made it more seems like it's going to be more feasible that rules yeah so i yeah I, i'm i'm hoping i'm hoping for things to uh to really kind of get going and you know not to like put too much of my personal life out here but you know i just uh went through a divorce and so i was kind of waiting for all of that stuff to get finalized before i made like any big decisions as well um, so, cause I, I just wanted to make sure that, you know, there wasn't going to be stupid shit that happened with my business and, you know, it's 100% mine, so I'm good. Um, so I'm c- kind of looking into stuff a little bit more now. How about you, Stacy? Uh, you know, it's the same stuff as always. Super fantastic. Super fan chat, fan chastic. Wow. Chantastic. It's late, man. We've been recording this for a long time. Uh, super fantastic, super chantastic. Uh, there's going to be a new super fantastic episode, the horror movie stuff, uh, doing the thing with my friend Trevor. Uh, that should be out next week. I'm also going to be doing the beyond later this month. Um, so and then October's a whole different thing that's going to be uh, full of stuff. So, yeah, check that stuff out. And uh, yeah, that's it. Before I forget to mention, uh, thanks to you of me watching Bloodsport, I got the references for Karate Man congratulations see see the good work i'm doing out here summers now ed needs to go watch it because i thought he'd fucking did no i ed's not gonna watch it there's a short list of people who are never gonna end up seeing that movie and ed's on it it's fine they're the ones missing out you know that now yeah actually like it was karate man was coming out i was like i kind of want to rewatch Bloodsport again of course you do that's a natural thing to have happen <laughs> maybe i'll rewatch it after all the horror movies yeah, you've got a pretty big list ahead of you. Of course, you can find myself at HeavySet330 on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Much like you can find this show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Facebook.com slash WrestlingCheers, Twitter.com slash WrestlingCheers, and Instagram.com slash WrestlingCheers. Email, if you so choose to desire, WrestlingCheers at gmail.com. And we have the merch store over at WhatAmaneuver.net. Like I said before, please rate, review, and subscribe. Your Evelyn's is fine podcast, whether it be Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Stitcher, Tune in YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Podbean, risingcheers.podbean.com. Check out our friends on the Trending Topics Network, such as All Beer Inside, Eurovision Showcase, The Spanish Announce Table, and Wrestling with Altitude. Check out our other podcast friends, such as Let the Hate Flow Through You, Pod Van Dam, Super Fantastic Podcast, It's Evolution Baby, Virtual Pros, The Indie Cast, Sobros Network, Off the Hop Rope, Game Marks Podcast, We Like Sports, Powerbomb Jitsu, the Spotlight Series, Fully Posable, Doing the Favor, The Chick Fully Show, Positively Pro Wrestling, Row One, Seat One, IWTV Guide, At Odds with Wrestling, Marks with Mikes, and Dark Match Podcasts. And check out our other non-podcast friends such as Thrift Store Jobber, The Savage Dash, The Mystery Men, Mouse's Wrestling Adventures, Happy Hour with Steve Guy, Good Company, Toy Hio Toy Show, Time Capsule Toys, Stay Tough, Smokin' Jay's Barbecue, Russell Void, Midwest Territory, Southern Underground Pro, and the official graphic designer of Wrestling Cheers, Moy Boy Designs. That will do it for us here on Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name, especially when you're Lee Moriarty. Later.
Oh, 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 oh,